to Overtime Hockey Talk. My name is Mark Paul. My co-host Justin Baker and I are kicking off today by celebrating the fact that the NHL might be back by August. That would be fantastic. I, <laughs> I mean, what a way to celebrate my birthday, right? There you go. And, uh, you know, they're already talking about canceling college football, so... Uh, we'll we'll see what happens here. It's gonna be it's gonna be a little pretty interesting. What what do you uh, before we jump into our top ten Buffalo Sabers? Give your percentage on the league returning and playing out the rest of this season. Now, when you say playing out the rest of the season, are you? Including... I just mean I just mean playoffs. Anything like okay? Will this season continue, or are they just gonna go? Hey, we have to cancel it. Sorry, uh, we're gonna start the next season at some point. I'm leaning towards 65% right now at this point. Um, of them canceling I, or playing? No, of playing. I'm okay. sorry. Yeah. Uh, mainly because, like, so obviously it, it varies from country to country, right? But I look at a place like Wuhan, China, where the outbreak started, right? And they're starting to get back to a little normalcy. Um, you know, they lifted their whole band on people being stuck indoors forever and never allowed to go outside. And so... Um, gives me gives me a little bit of hope um maybe that you know in a in a few months we can possibly get things back to normal but we'll see obviously yeah yeah uh i'm gonna say 95 percent we play the we play this season through i'm really not worried about it Uh, so keep your hopes up it'll come back it just might not be as soon as we all had hoped or wanted um okay with that said the buffalo sabers are our top 10 team of the day uh if you haven't heard the other 26 teams that we've done so far uh you can go back and subscribe to the show wherever you subscribe to podcasts and you can check those out um i'm sure there's there's a high probability that your favorite team is on that list so uh and and if they're not we'll we'll get to the we'll get to them soon enough uh and that with that said buffalo sabers we always do a just miss list and so, Justin, who's on your just-missed list? Yeah, I've got three guys. Um, all three, surprisingly, are in the top 10 all-time points per game for this franchise, okay. um, which if you really think about it, right, you would you would have to think maybe one of these guys would have made my top 10, but unfortunately not. Um, so, number one, I got Danny Briere. Just missing my list. Uh, second guy, Danny... Gar, not sure if that's really how you pronounce it correctly. Um, boy, yeah. And Danny, then uh, Danny Gare, Gare, Gar, Gare. Yeah, let's go with Gare. Yeah, why not? And then uh, the last guy on my list, Rene Robert. Um, spent some time with that famed French Connection line. I'm uh, sorry, not Dave. French Connection, but with Dave Anderchuk and you know Perot. No, no, he was on the he was on the French French Connection. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. No, you're right. I'm sorry. <laughs> Getting things mixed up. So, yeah, and Renee Robert, just missing for me. Okay, all right. Uh, well, with my just missed, I have defenseman Craig Ramsey. He misses my list. And then a few guys who were great for this team uh, but just didn't either have, like, Miro Shatan misses my list. Was was really good for them during a time when they, you know, they were fine, but they just weren't that great. So uh, he he maybe was the best goal scorer at one time for this Sabres team. Shatan makes my list. And then along with, or uh, misses my list, 
And then Pierre Turgeon and Dale Howarchuk, two guys that have made other teams' lists. Uh, Turgeon averaged over a point per game for this team, uh, as did Dale Howarchuk, but they missed my list. Uh, just kind of based on the fact that they also are on some other lists, and I think that there are more impactful players uh, with with nicer playoff runs or, or, or just more important to this franchise as a whole. Uh, I don't know if you think of Pierre Turgeon as a Buffalo Sabre. There might be a few other teams you think of him before that. Uh, same with Dale Howardchuk. Don't think of him as a Sabre, but he did have some real nice years as a Sabre. Yeah, that's a, that's a good list there. Um, I'll tell you what, I one name that popped into my head, and I really wanted to put him on this list just because of I guess you could call it nostalgia, but uh, growing up, my cousin and I, we you know, used to always play NHL video games all the time, and it seems like, for whatever reason, he just always wanted to play the Buffalo Sabres so he could have you know, Satan on his team, and it seemed like no matter what, it was like a cheat code. Satan could go out there and just score out of nowhere, just the flukiest goals. He would always seem to come up with the big goal, and it drove me nuts all the time. <laughs> Granted, I would still end up beating my cousin in overtime, but still. He, all, he obviously has a deal with the devil. Uh, <laughs> Clearly. <laughs> okay, well, uh, let's go to your number 10. Who do you have yeah. uh, rounding out your list? Number 10 for me is Thomas Vanek. Hey, me too. Uh, all right, yeah. I, uh, I'll i tell you what. Um, this guy was, he always seemed to be, in my opinion, one of the, one of the better goal scorers this franchise has ever had. And, uh, I mean, honestly, you could probably put him up there as maybe the greatest Austrian player of all time in the NHL. Yeah, I think that's fair. Uh, yeah. Um, but, I mean, he's, he's sitting, what, I think number six all time in, in scoring for the Buffalo Sabres. Um, I might be mistaken. Let me take another peek. Yeah, he's number f- number five all time in goals. Yep. That's what it is. Yes, thank Two, you. 254 um, goals just behind your boy Danny Gagagar. Gagagar, yeah. Uh, so yeah, number 11 in franchise points, uh, this guy just, he always seemed to just be in the right place at the right time. And he was just like, um, you know, watching him early on in his career, he was basically like the celebrity, the, the big star behind, you know, the goaltenders that they had, uh, behind him. He was, he was the guy. Yeah. Scored, uh, 40 goals twice for this franchise and scored 30 goals a couple other times. And then. Pretty much scored 20 goals every other year. Um, I had that contract dispute that kind of, I think, soured him a little bit to, to people. And uh, Oh, and he also scored 20 and 38 when there was the lockout year. So that's uh, pretty pretty shabby. much golden for another 40-goal year there. Uh, but, yeah, he's uh, – and, and, I mean, he's kind of floated around. He floated around the league, played for several different teams at the end of his career. But definitely, like – that second year in the NHL where he had 43 goals, 84 points. He's a, a plus 47. I, I mean, he was just absolutely ripping it up. And 28 of those goals were scored five on five. So wasn't just a power play monster. was just could score at any point. Uh, I think that what happened to him is that the league just kept getting faster and faster. And he was more that net front presence he could he could move earlier in his career, but he slowed down significantly as time went along. Yeah, I absolutely couldn't agree more. And he's he was a guy too. I mean, you talk about hands when it, when he came to Detroit and I watched him play. Right, the speed wasn't there anymore, but his IQ was just through the roof. And I mean, he just always seemed to produce and uh, had a little success with the Red Wings playing with some speedy guys. And 
uh, you know, unfortunately just sort of faded into the sunset. We never really saw what happened to this guy. Yeah, yeah. I think he just kind of got a little injury, injury prone towards the end there. Yeah. Um, okay, so we both had the number ten, same number 10. How about your number 9? Number 9 for me is a current Buffalo Sabre, Jack Eichel. Okay, I have uh, him a little bit higher. At number 8 is where I have okay. Jack Eichel. Uh, but talk to us about Jack Eichel. Why is he at your number 9? Yeah, I think this kid, he, he's got stardom written all over him, right? And the MVP potential. So, you know, we, we've heard it early on in the, the season when the Sabres were in the thick of the you know, the race for the playoffs here, but he was a guy that literally put this team on his back this season. And, and you see it every year, right? I've, I've watched this kid since he got drafted here and it just seems every year he gets better and better and better. And, uh, you know, unfortunately he hasn't really had a lot of talent around him. Um, you know, I know last year he had Jeff Skinner that looked pretty good and, you know, 40 goals, not too shabby, but, uh, you know, now it, it seems like with no consistent coaching, he still manages to succeed and improve his game every year. And I think by the time his career is done, it, assuming it, you know, he stays with the Buffalo Sabres for most of his career, I think he'll be right up there, you know, in, in the top five for sure um, in terms of points and production and everything else. I mean, the, the kid's just, he's amazing. He's fast. He's got great hands, can shoot the puck. He, he can do everything. Yep, totally agree. Uh, it's, you know, it's unfortunate that he doesn't have that, that one, two punch. I mean, even Connor McDavid, who has been on a bad team has made the, uh, has made the playoffs once he's, he has his, uh, his sidekick to play alongside of him, Leon Dreisaitl. <laughs> Whereas yeah, Skinner, he had, he had a really nice season last year and that's kind of the best that Jack Eichel's gotten through his career, through his first 354 games. Uh, but he certainly, Yes, as the Sabres were in a playoff spot, I think that he was poised for MVP consideration. Now they've fallen too far for him to be considered for that now, but uh, he definitely will be the reason the Sabres make the playoffs one of these days. Absolutely. Okay, uh, my number nine is a goaltender, uh, probably the goalie that I have watched on the Buffalo Sabres the most, uh, also, that's because he has played the most games for the Buffalo Sabres as their goaltender. Uh, also, leading the franchise in wins and losses <laughs> is, uh, is Ryan Miller. Yeah, uh, my number eight, surprisingly. Okay, all right. So we just flipped a couple guys. Uh, yeah, I mean, Ryan Miller, during the... It was like 2006 when uh, when the Buffalo Sabres were just like that 2006... 2006-7, those that time frame, uh, I think that team could have won the cup, especially in 2006. Uh, that was a that was an extremely good team. They uh, they lost out to the Carolina Hurricanes there in the won the conference finals, I think, right? Yeah, yeah. And I think that team could have won the Stanley Cup had they uh, had things gone their way. But uh, ultimately, they never win a cup with Ryan Miller. They had some phenomenal teams. Uh, but Ryan Miller was considered top five goalie at least in the NHL for a, a few years there. So never took home the hardware. Uh, no, he did take home a Vesna actually. Oh, he did take. Yeah, he did yeah. have a Vesna. Oh, yeah, that's right. In 09-10 season, he had forty-one wins, a nine twenty-nine save percentage, only five shutouts. Surprisingly, wow! How that. did I completely forget about that? <laughs> my my yeah. research team is just. I'm gonna fire them. You know? But the, yeah, but I'm should. trying to keep uh, them. I'm trying to keep them on to give them jobs. You know, 
Uh, well, that's that's respectful, I guess. Uh, <laughs> but Some, someone's going to message me asking if they can be a part of our research team and how much I pay. I hope so. I, um, I pay in uh, free swag. There you go. I'll send you a sticker. Uh, yeah, that year he won the Vesna though. Um, doubled his best goal saved above average at 36 goals saved above average wow. that year, which just crazy number. Yeah, that's unbelievable. It's uh, you know, it's just too bad that after after such good playoff runs earlier that uh, they go miss the playoffs in 08 and then they, they lose in the first round the year he wins the Vesna. They lose in the first round the following year. He, he just could never... Uh, St. Louis trades for him the year after the lockout. They lose in the first round. You know, they just could never... Uh, he, he never found playoff success after that conference final run. But uh, yeah, that's... Uh, he did have some good international success. Won the silver in in uh, Vancouver in 2010, but yeah. Other than that, there's Ryan Miller though, uh, number five or number nine for the Buffalo Sabers for me. Number eight for you. With that said, on to number seven. Yeah, for me, number seven uh, got to be one of the longest drought. Or, you know, basically took the longest to get his cup, and that's Dave Anderchuk. Okay, yeah, uh, I have him quite a bit higher for this team but um, yeah so for me I, I guess you know you look at the production right sixth all-time in scoring or I'm sorry second all-time second, in scoring yeah. sixth yeah sixth all-time in games played third and all-time in goals uh, for a guy that basically I think you know uh, had the the good fortunes of playing on such a great line um, you know for for so long in Buffalo but uh, you know, never really had a lot of success uh, in the playoffs. And, uh, you know, of course, had to had to move on to greener pastures and gave a swing at the cup with Toronto, New Jersey, and then finally has success with Tampa Bay. Yeah, as their captain, no doubt. Yeah. And, and in a year, like, I mean, he retired the year after they won the cup, right? Like, that was the... Uh, the lockout happened. There was no season that the next year, but so he he ends up. That's his last game is winning the cup as the captain of uh, of the Lightning. That yep. year, he's forty one years old when they win the uh, yeah forty one. Oh no, he did he did actually come back and play the the year after the lockout. He played forty two games that that oh, next yeah, year. Oh yeah, yeah, that's right. Uh, but anyways, so he's he's forty one years old when they win the cup. Uh, and he goes and has 14 points in 23 games in the playoffs. Granted, only one goal, but he uh, he still had a really nice playoff for a guy. It was kind of like okay, he's you know he's a third line, a third line guy in the playoffs. To get 14 points is impressive. Yeah, I mean he did average 18 minutes a game there, and you got to think right. So obviously with with Tampa, you had your your top line with. You know Brad Richards, Lecavier, and St. Louis, but he, he wasn't too shabby for some secondary scoring on a team like that. Yeah, yeah, Dave Anderchuk. Uh, I mean, just such a dominant force in front of the net. Uh, maybe other than like a, you know, we you think back. All right, some dominant net front presence. I always go back to Dino Cicerelli, long time forgotten about, but he was just the absolute man in front of the net. Uh, but Dave Andrewchuk just quietly goes about his business. Uh, I mean, overall his career, he's got 640 goals, uh, and <laughs> I believe the most 
did uh, I think Ovechkin passed him for power play goals? Yeah, he did. Yeah, uh, but second, I mean, and that record for power play goals was held for a good long time, like fifteen years, which is a, a pretty long time. Uh, but two hundred and seventy-four power play goals was just an absolute dominant force. Uh, you couldn't move him in front of the net, and uh, and that was really the key to his success. Uh, yes, the Sabers didn't have the same type of playoff success, but they made the playoffs almost every single year that he was there, other than his very last year. But that year, he was ultimately dealt to the Leafs. Uh, but you know, they just came up against always better teams in the <laughs> in those playoffs. But I don't think that it was Andrew Chuck who was the problem. As you see, he's got. Uh, six points in five games, six points in six games, seven points in six games. Like he always was doing well in the playoffs. It definitely wasn't. Oh, Dave Andrichuk's not living up to his his you know his regular season success. Therefore, we lost. Uh, I I think that it was more their team really actually wasn't that great. Uh, but so I have him up a little bit higher, and you'll find out where. But uh, let's my number seven. My number seven is. A guy who's he's a little bit uh, a little further down the uh, the all time list. Um, he's at number seventeen, but my number seven is Pat Lafontaine, who has the highest points per game in this franchise's history at one point four three seven, three hundred eighty five points in two hundred sixty eight games. Uh, unfortunately, his career cut short because of concussions. Uh, but he comes from the Islanders to the Sabres and has their best offensive year ever with 53 goals, 95 assists, and 148 points. Uh, probably no Sabre will beat that at least anytime soon. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know. There hasn't been uh, too many 148-point seasons since, since then just in general, <laughs> let alone for the Sabres. So that... That uh, also his best career year, uh, playing all 84 games. That year wow. there were 84 games, and then get this, he never, like the next year he plays 16, then he plays 22, 76, 13, and 67, and that was it. Wow, yeah, those 148 points too, highest single season mark by any American-born player, so not too shabby. Yeah, and uh, they they go and they make the playoffs that year, and in seven games, he has 12 points, and they still lose in seven. <laughs> Unbelievable. Uh, yeah, that's irritating. All right, uh, let's go number six. Uh, number six for me, a, uh, a defenseman, only defenseman on this list for me, and a guy who probably... Uh, Probably, maybe, maybe you'll say for now is the best defenseman to ever play on this team. But uh, that might be might be different in you know the next decade. Rasmus, um, <laughs> uh, that's Phil Housley for me. Okay. Um, yeah, great American-born defenseman. Probably one of the better American-born defensemen to ever play the game. Uh, you know, we uh, we we look at the stats here, and um, you know, playing for the Buffalo Sabers. Had some pretty pretty nice numbers, especially for a defenseman. I mean, in 608 games, played 558 points. Not too freaking shabby. Not at and, all. Uh, yeah, always a consideration for the Norris. Uh, his best year, unfortunately, came with 
uh, Winnipeg when he finished third in the Norris Trophy voting, but uh, never really brought home the hardware, unfortunately. Finished second uh, his rookie season, too, in Calder voting, but other than that, he just he never really had the hardware. Always always better defensemen out there, your Paul Coffeys, your Bobby Orrs and Ray Borks and that sort of, uh, those guys in front of him all the time, but he just he never never ceased to put up the numbers, though, that's for sure. Yeah, he uh, probably got snubbed a little bit being in in Buffalo as compared to some some other cities. Also, did very well with uh, with the Calgary Flames, I believe. Yeah, uh, absolutely. But yeah, that's uh, he he moved around quite a bit. It was kind of after he left the Sabers. You know, he's there for eight years, uh, nine years, eight years, and uh, goes all over the freaking place. Eight different teams. I remember. I remember when he got traded to the. Uh, to the Maple Leafs, and then he played one freaking game and got hurt. <laughs> it's like, oh, the Leafs always, for the longest time, it was like they'd get these players right at the end of their careers. Eric Lindros, Phil Housley. Um, oh, who was the the defenseman on uh, Glenn Wesley? Like, they would just get these guys right at the end of their career. Wait, oh, Brian Leach went to the Leafs for a minute. <laughs> and they... Owen Nolan went there for a second, and it just never never panned out. It was like the name comes to the Leafs, and then their career's over. Um, okay, my number six, six is uh, a guy who was on the French Connection line, probably the least, I, I guess, the in terms of in terms of talent. Uh, Rene Robert, probably the guy who was the the third best, might have been the. Uh, the Brendan Morrison of the line, if you remember uh, Morrison, Bertuzzi, and Nasland on the Vancouver Canucks about 20 years oh, yes. ago there, uh, was probably the Brendan Morrison of the line. But nevertheless, 552 points in 524 games, scored 222 goals, and uh, was was still an integral part of that team. Did get a second-team All-Star uh, vote in the in the 80 or 74 75 season put up 100 points that year and uh anyone putting up 100 points for the sabers is going to get some consideration for this list um but played almost his entire career for uh for the buffalo sabers played some years for toronto and uh kind of bounced around towards the end of his career as a lot of guys do but um rene robert definitely made that that french connection line possibly so well, that, that line is the greatest line in Buffalo Sabres history, no doubt. Uh, it also probably you'd put it on the top 10 lines of all time uh, for, how, for how long those guys played together and the kind of production that they all put up. Uh, I think that you'd have to – good luck finding too many lines that actually played together the vast majority of the time that, uh, that produced the same way that the – the French connection line did. So Rene Robert gets mine number six. All right. Yeah. Can't argue with it. Uh, he unfortunately makes my just missed. I, uh, you know, <clears throat> he's a guy that even though he's a, a great goal scorer, I just think he, you know, maybe benefited a little bit from the guys that he got to play with. Obviously. Oh, hundred percent. He benefited from those guys. <laughs> I, I just like his, his Jersey is in the rafters for the Sabres. Yeah. It's, it's hard for me to leave a guy off a list Unless you're on the Montreal Canadiens and your rafter and your jerseys in the rafters, <laughs> I I respect it. Hey, I can't argue with it. So, uh, all right, let's go. Your number five. 
Yeah, number five for me, a, uh, a Russian-born player. Took the league by storm, defecting from the, the Soviet Union, comes over to Buffalo and uh, just has one of the, the greatest goal-scoring seasons ever um, in 92-93. That's Alexander Mogilny. We know what he did in 92-93, putting up 76 goals, 127 points. I mean, that just he came over and just changed the game. And I think probably one of the, I, I don't want to say, you know, underappreciated Buffalo Sabres of all time, but, uh, you know, he might be might be up there in terms of guys that maybe didn't get as much, um, didn't get their due as much as other guys on the on the Sabres. Yeah, and scored 76 goals in his rookie season. That's ridiculous. Um, also, I've made a grave error, and I don't know how he's not on my list, but I was like, oh, I'm going to put Alexander McGillney somewhere, and I had filled out the list and then just forgot to put him in there, so... Um, guess I'm just going to bump everybody down one. <laughs> <laughs> now nah, I'll just leave him off my list. It's all right. Uh, hey, I left Renee Robert off the list, so there you go. There it is. Yeah, I mean, gosh, you look at McGillney gets to play with Pat LaFontaine and Dave Anderchuk, and to me, I think, you know, Dave Anderchuk definitely benefited, I think, more than, you know, anybody on that line from playing with the other two, um, which is why he's a little bit lower on my list. Um, but, man, McGillney just... He he come over and he had hands and speed to burn and just he had a I mean just one of the more talented players I think at the time on the planet and just was tremendous playing with Lafontaine and Anderchuk. Yeah, 127 point season definitely uh, definitely does not hurt anybody. <laughs> uh, crazy 76 goals. It's crazy that he had 76 goals. He scored 55 another year, but really. He only scored 40 one other time. Uh, kind of a like an all-over-the-place type of player. Yeah. Just, for whatever reason, didn't, uh, didn't find that level of goal scoring ever again. Uh, but Yeah, a little sad he moved on to Vancouver, too, because you look at the team when they acquired uh, another guy that's going to show up on both of our lists, I'm hoping, uh, Dominic Koshik, and what they were able to do you know, in the late 90s. And you think if they had a guy like Alexander Mogilny still, what they could have done. Yeah, his his tenure in Vancouver, well, he, his first year, I mean, he had 55 goals and 107 points. Um, I do remember, like, once once you got into those years where the Mark Messier comes over to the Canucks and uh, he was expected to kind of turn the franchise around and just didn't. And it, for mm-hmm. whatever reason, uh, Mogilny just, I don't think he was happy there from what I remember. And then of course he gets dealt at the deadline from the Canucks to the devils and, uh, goes and wins the Stanley cup with the devils in 2000. And, uh, isn't really the huge impact player. I think that they thought that they were getting ends up with seven points in 23 games in the playoffs. But the following year, uh, he has 16 points in 25 games. Of course they, uh, they end up losing to the, uh, who was 2001, 2001, did they win the cup uh, in 2001? No. They, yeah. 2001, they win the cup. Yeah, the 2000 were the uh, Dallas Stars. No, no, that was 99. I'm sorry, yeah. <laughs> 99, 2000s of the Devils, 2001 is the Avalanche. Yeah, they yeah, lose yeah. to the Avalanche. Okay, yeah, yeah. Because then the Wings win the cup the following year. And 02. He actually was very good for the Leafs, too, when, when uh, they were acquired. He was kind of that, like, oh, he's going to be Matt Sundin's missing winger. And they really just never found the same kind of connection, I think, that people thought that they would find. But uh, nevertheless, I yeah, I mean, 
McGillney should be on my list. He's not, but that's okay. We're just going to leave him off because, you know, <laughs> it's, it's what he gets. He never, he didn't, if, if you don't have two 70-goal seasons, I'm not going to have you on my list. Hey, high standards here, buddy. Right. <laughs> uh, okay, so my number five is the second portion of the, the, left, the left side of the French Connection line, and that is Rick Martin. Uh, Rick Martin was on the first All-Star team twice and the second All-Star team two times. Uh, was second in Calder voting his rookie season, uh, just consistently putting up high 80s 90s 60s like just always putting up big big point po- big point totals never could stay fully healthy and i think that that was some of his uh maybe some of his problem but um does end his career with buffalo with 382 goals good for second all time and uh i mean obviously everyone benefited from playing with Joe Barrel but Rick Martin was the goal scorer of uh, of that line? Was that high scoring winger? And uh, yeah, he's wouldn't be possible without without Rick Martin. Unfortunately, for their playoff runs, uh, he did have a couple really nice years in ninety four, ninety five. Of course, they come up against the Philadelphia Flyers, and nobody was beating the Flyers. Uh, but he had fifteen points in seventeen games, and the following year, eleven points in nine games. Always. Played very well in the playoffs. Uh, so there's that as well. All right. Don't hate it. Uh, you're number four. Number four for me, probably one of the more talented American-born players ever. Um, leads Dave Andrzejczyk? Franchi- <laughs> <laughs> leads this franchise in points per game, and that is Pat LaFontaine. Okay, all right. You've got him, you've got him up there. Yeah, I've got him at number four, um, mostly because this, this guy comes in um, you know, obviously he was making a huge impact on and off the ice for this franchise. Um, but I mean, he comes in his very first season and puts up 93 points in 57 games along with 46 goals insane and follows it up in 92, 93 with 148 points in 84 games. I mean, this was a team that was starting to kind of, I don't want to say fade out, but they were, they weren't really, you know, weren't really competing that well. I mean, yes, they did make the playoffs, but they were always out in the first round. Uh, you know, comes over from the Islanders, who, you know, he had a, a ton of success with. And you think, okay, this guy's going to turn this franchise around. And just really never, um, you know, really never was able to do so. Ended up leaving in 97 for the Rangers and ultimately had to retire, but a little too young. But, yeah, for me, number four is Palafontaine. Okay. Uh, my number four, we've talked about him at length, uh, Dave Andrzejczyk. My number four, I, I think that he's uh, second all-time in scoring by far, 804 points in 834, 37 games. So not only does he have the longevity with this team, he also has put up huge numbers uh, and consistently over time. So uh, Dave Andrzejczyk slides into the number four. And with that, we go to our top three, which I know chances are they'll be two of the same, but I know that uh, one of them is going to be different. So who's your number three? Number three is uh, Rick Martin for me. Okay, so you've got him uh, I mean, a little higher. Yeah, yeah. We've talked about him, second all-time in goals for this franchise, uh, part of that famed French connection line. I mean, he was just ridiculous, just ridiculous when he played for 10 different seasons. All right. And, of course, numbers in the rafters too, which doesn't hurt. That's absolutely numbers in the rafters. You know, there are uh, funny enough, Danny Gare, his number is actually in the rafters. 
he he missed our list. And then do you know there's one other guy who's going to miss our list that is not that is in the rafters for the Sabers. Do you know who it is? Ooh, no, not off the top of my head. I'm gonna I'm gonna give you a minute to think, think uh, think through defensemen that have played for the Buffalo Sabers. Hmm. And uh, and it'll it'll maybe come to you. Uh, I should know this. It's on the tip of my tongue. I my number like. three is actually Phil Housley. Uh, I I feel like he's the best defenseman to ever play for this franchise, and uh, and as such, he has the most points. He has the most goals. It's not even close. Nobody has over uh, the second highest is seventy three. He's got one hundred and seventy eight. Uh, he's five hundred and fifty eight points to Mike Ramsey's three twenty nine. Uh, nobody is probably going to touch his numbers. Even man, even Rasmus Dahlin. I don't know if he'll end up touching Phil Housley's numbers. Uh, but not just a not just a good offensive defenseman, but he was actually a he was a good a good all around guy. He he could move the puck extremely well and could skate. Uh, probably would have like if he had played for the Edmonton Oilers, probably would have been as well known as as Paul Coffey <laughs> had he had he been with some extremely talented players. Unfortunately, he uh, was stuck in Buffalo in the in the eighties. So that's uh, just how the cookie crumbles, I guess. And uh, with that said, let's go number two. I'm I'm curious to see who you put here. Yeah, I put uh, Gerbel Perot. Oh, okay. You so I have Gerbel Perot at number one. Okay. I'm I'm surprised that I, I'm not surprised because of uh, <laughs> what I know about you and your uh, your love for goaltenders. But Gerbel uh, Perot, one thousand three hundred twenty-six points in eleven hundred ninety-one games. The only player to score 400 for this team actually has 512 goals. Uh, Gilbert Perot, definitely the best skater to ever play for this team in terms of forwards and and defensemen. Uh, Just unbelievable. Was probably maybe the best skater outside of Guy Lafleur during his time. But of course he plays for the Buffalo Sabres, so he doesn't get the same type of recognition as uh, a guy who's winning Stanley Cups since Gilbert Perot did none of that. Yeah, I I mean, I can't argue with, uh, you know, putting him at number one if that's the way you want to go. You know, I mean, he was a lifetime saber. He's, he's got the number in the rafters. Unfortunately, outside of the Calder, not much hardware to go with it. Uh, yeah, but that's not his fault. No, of course not. not. His it's fault not his at fault at all. He went out there. And, 103 yeah, points in 90 playoff games, too. Yeah, that's... He, freaking good. In 79-80, he put up 21 points in 14 games. Had 10 goals in 14 games in the playoffs. Yeah, but I will say, so the one thing that definitely gave me the nod, besides apart from being a goaltender, when you look at the best player in the league, Dominic Hasek as a goaltender managed to capture the Hart Trophy twice in a row. Ridiculous. Yes, yes. Uh he is the, the like when I, I just remember watching him and thinking this like this guy looks like he's the luckiest person to ever play the game, <laughs> but he knew what he was doing. It was it was crazy. No no one's been able to emulate it either. It's not like you know Patrick Waugh comes into the league and is dominant. And people go wow he's got a new style. Let's take his style and use it. Other guys tried to be like Hashik and it didn't work. No <laughs> no one could be like Hashik. 
No, they called him the human slinky for a reason. I mean, you look at the numbers. This guy came in to Buffalo leaving Chicago in his first full season in 93-94, a 9.30 save percentage. Next season, a 9.30, 9.20, 9.30, 9.32, 9.37. Absolutely ridiculous. I I don't know if we'll ever see that kind of dominance in the <laughs> goaltender position again in, in, in Buffalo Sabres history. Yeah, and the fact that they he takes them to – the Stanley Cup Finals, basically by himself, yeah. <laughs> like a nine three nine save percentage in the playoffs over the course of nineteen games, and I mean the, also the fact they you're looking at nineteen games and they lost in six games in the finals. Just ridiculous. That's yeah. I mean he's uh, incredibly incredibly dominant. They 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 swept they swept or beat teams in five games leading up to the. Leading up to that, they were just no one could score on him. No, in in nineteen games, he let in thirty eight goals. <laughs> that's a, ridiculous. That's fantastic. Uh, I love it. Um, yeah. Well, so obviously he's your number one. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and uh, yes, I would I would agree. Definitely the most by far the most hardware. Uh, I just my one. I guess my one thing is Gilbert Perot just played so many games for this team, put up so many points, and I don't know. There, it's such a toss-up, but uh, it's kind of that goaltender versus a skater. I guess you uh, also we've seen Hasek like I've actually seen him play. Of course, over the course of my lifetime, uh, saw him play a lot of games, saw him destroy my team many times. Uh, and also the fact that his very last season when he's 43 years old he goes and wins the Jennings trophy as well <laughs> just uh just outrageous but yeah I will say too um man you want to talk about a guy that a home run in terms of draft picks Perot first ever draft pick by the Sabres at number one overall and boy that was a good one hey yep that one and Patrick Steppen two great <laughs> first draft picks there you go. All right, uh, and and you can go look up Patrick Stepan if you want for the uh, Atlanta Thrashers. Uh, I think that was their pick in '99. Great, great pick. Also, mm. highly known, little known fact is that he's the one who misses the empty net coming down for the the Dallas Stars, and then the Oilers yes. turn on the score. That's Patrick Stepan. That pretty much sums up his career. So, all right. Well, that's our <laughs> Buffalo Sabers top ten. Let us know what you thought at OT Hockey Talk on Twitter and Instagram. And uh, we will talk to you very soon. I think uh, our next team is uh, is going to be, we only have four left after this one. Uh, I think maybe our next team should be the New Jersey Devils. Oh, okay. That's, a, that's a, good, a good team to roll to next. So we'll stay in the Eastern Conference, go to the New Jersey Devils next time, and we will, uh, we, our next show is going to be awards. The awards if the season were to end today, so look out for that as well. We will talk to you guys later.